gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everyone. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This afternoon, this evening, or whenever you're listening to this, uh, we are going to be talking about fairies, and not the, hey, fairies, the the other kind of fairies. We actually don't even have a single gay gentleman on our staff tonight. What is going on here? You really can't be saying this stuff. Oh, it's all good times. Everybody knows that we love everybody on this. Talking about fey folk. Fey folk. The little pixie things with the wings. Yeah. Tinkerbell. Little people or something else. (laughs) They're called good people. This evening I'm joined by Sarah, Nancy, and Colleen, who doesn't know where the mic is, but she's got a really cool hoodie. The mic's right there. Yeah, you have to take it when you're going to talk. I'm supposed to just yank it away from your mouth. Okay. <laughs> well, no, if you're talking and we're whispering anyway, but we're, whatever. Or we can get real close. Like we can get real close. Yeah, we'll, we'll I double team this mic. Okay. Dude, he's like my brother. Oh. Oh, no. And this is why River does not listen to the podcast. <laughs> Holy what shit, happens when you get four fast. sleepy adults in the same room? <laughs> Jeez Louise. You get your own TV shot. Nancy sounded like a 57 Chevy that won't turn over. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Did you say you can't breathe? Yeah. The carburetor yeah, needs more oxygen. We can't breathe anymore Oh, wow. So just a heads up, Nancy is running on very little sleep and about sixty hours of work in one week. Yeah, she's, she's got like, coffee, a but it ain't tired doing and shit. And her coffee's not helping. Did you get a special in that? No, this is number four today. But you didn't get a special? No, it's like Chinese and Japanese. Special, a special, a special, you need to get a special in that. Special. That's how Matt and I say it. A special, special. What you oh say God. when you You sound like a little anime character. Espesso! Espesso! <laughs> Can I get two shots of Espesso? So, sounds like a Pokemon name or something. Espesso! It's the hyped Lick my up armpits. One. It, it's the hyped up one. Espesso! It goes zipping around. It's always got a coffee in his hand. You're saying it like that. I don't think you need one. No. Espesso! They tell me, okay, I'll give you two Espessos, but... They technically don't because I'm going around. I'll take two espessos. Espessos. Okay, fuck. Wow. Game <laughs> oh, good now, I think. I think the opening of this one is probably the best one we've done so far. Wow. I don't know what a tangent means. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we are going to be talking about the mythological creature or spiritual creature or some type of little person thing with wings. I don't know who wants to start it. I think Nancy's got surprises for the end. So I'm going to throw it over to the one with glasses. You're a dick. <laughs> Both of us are sitting here with glasses. Yeah, exactly. I think you, you go Rock, for it. Rock, paper, think... scissors. 
Um, Rock, paper, scissors. You go first. <laughs> we both did paper. Oh, I thought you did scissors. No, I did paper. Your paper's ripped. <laughs> Rock, paper, oh. scissors. Okay, so. I go first. Okay. She lost. I know, so yeah, I go first. She goes first. Wait. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, I guess you, we, go, you just I guess we should have set parameters first. <laughs> you won. You go first. Okay. Okay. Jesus. She does paper and her hand's like this. I'm like, oh, she got scissors. She's like, no, it's paper. I'm like, it's fucking ripped, dude. She ripped her paper. Okay. Was it from Friends Fire? No, I know that. Spock. It was Big Bang Theory. It was Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. Yeah. I think Friends was fire. Oh, Friends sucks. Sorry, it's no New Girl. Sorry, we can't be friends anymore. No I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to Cackling with 40-Year-Olds. <laughs> Listen, kids. Okay. Don't grow up to work 60 hours. <laughs> so, all right, I will get this shit back on track. Okay. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. That was five minutes of my life I'm not getting back. Nope. Neither are our listeners. If they're still here, congratulations. They left when you guys started laughing. You get the prize. Yes. Okay, so the origin... I got Celtic fairies. So, the origin of Celtic fairies. So, fairies (laughs) are believed to be the two... Sorry. Twa-e-da-da-nen. Twa-da-da-nen. That's going to be hard for me to say. Yeah, speak Gaelic to me. And they arrived in Ireland before humans did. Um, They can be seen as gods, monsters, and demons. Mm. And the Twa-de-da-nen translate to people or nation of the goddess of Danu. Of Danu? Danu. And they're considered to be trooping fairies or fallen angels, not good enough to be saved and not bad enough to be lost. The Tuha de Danan arrived in Ireland on western mountains, said to have come down from the clouds, causing a three-day eclipse, or from the sea, burning their ships once on land, and the billowing, billowing smoke causing the eclipse. Um, while ruling the land, the Tuha... I'm just going to say it the way I say it, so whatever. The Tuha de Danan had peace and prosperity for 169 years until the Milesians arrived and defeated them, sending them to the other world, basically underground. Um, they're also ref- It's also referred to as the fairy realm. The other world is a mystical dimension of breathtaking beauty, and in cult- Celtic folklore, fairy trees, fairy rings, and fairy forts are entrances to this, to this other world. Uh, lone hawthorn trees are referred to as fairy trees, and the Christians call these entrances to hell. You know, because they have no sense of mythology or anything um so now, fairies, which one bites fairies or pixies 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 oh pixies bite okay so fairies are often used for their magical and mysterious ways by humans to cope with or make sense of the uncomprehensible um they are magical beings but they don't necessarily use their wings to fly they can fly without them too and it's at twilight is when you are more likely to encounter the Tue de danan or the or the ishid which is another name for the fairies of irish lore and I had something else I wanted to add to that section. I just lost. So and they, they are of small stature, though, like a stereotypical. Oh, okay. I, as far as I can tell, I didn't read anything that was super um, descriptive of their look. size. Yeah, their size. A lot of their look, but not necessarily their size. Hmm. Um, so they live between the realm of humans and angels. And some are evil, and Egyptians believe fey folk to be demons. The Sheed were like fallen angels cast out from heaven, like Lucifer. And the Sheed live in Tir Nag. A place of no, no disease, and they stayed perpetually young, and everything was created for joy and beauty. That sounds like a great place to live. I don't want to. I want to be perpetually young. Um, and their homes were built by lakes, Norman ruins, or in the core of a hill. And inside was made out of gold, silver, 
diamonds and pearls. And the Fay folk left England in the 17th century as it became more industrialized very rapidly and caused harm to their physical and mental wellness. Where did they go, did it say? Ireland, dummy. They went to Ireland? Well, some of them did, yeah. Uh-huh. Or they disappeared altogether. Oh. Um, so there's different types of um, fairies, and this is what I got from the internet, so don't come at me. So there's different types of fairies uh, that fall under the fairy um, purview, which includes pixies, pygmies, um, sylphs, air spirits, earth spirits, fire spirits, water spirits, salamanders, gnomes, goblins, and under, under undines, not underline, I was going to say underwear, and the main Celtic fae folk, which are changelings. So changelings will replace human infants with lookalikes and are often naughty creatures with strange and unusual behaviors or unhealthy or disfigured kids. When parents have sick children or disfigured children, they believe the fairies replace them. Well, I probably would too. I'm sorry. Um, there's also the Dullahan, and the Dullahan is associated with death, and he's and are depicted as headless horsemen who uses his head as a lantern and a human spine as a whip. People believe that if you encounter the Dullahan, it's a sign of imminent death. This one's kind of cool. So that one was in Celtic? Even, yeah. Even the Headless Horseman was in Celtic? Yeah, yeah, this is all Celtic. The ones I'm going into detail about right now are Celtic. Oh. Uh, the Puka. Puka are mischievous, shape-shifting fairies who can shift into different animals, but usually appear as a black horse with fiery eyes. They are protector of animals and guides, the lo- guides of lost travelers, but also prank humans. They are often associated with Salvin, which is a Celtic and pagan festival similar to Halloween. It's around Halloween as well. As they wear costumes and masks to disguise themselves from evil. So, <clears throat> basically, it's Halloween. So, um, and of course, everybody knows what a banshee is. Right? So, banshees are common in many places and commonly heard of. They are associated with a pending death. The whale allowed, the whale so loud in its ear piercing shriek, and they do lamenting. Seeing or hearing a banshee is foretelling of the pending death of a family member. She is pale-skinned with fiery red hair and dressed in a white gown. I've seen a banshee. No, you must talk. Put the words in the black thing. <laughs> Little puffy ball. Um, so that was one of the most scary experiences that I've ever had. Paranormal experiences. Uh, it was when my kids were young. It was probably about ten years ago. And in the house that I lived in... Um, you kind of went up to the second floor and it was like bedroom, 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 and like a long hallway with a bathroom at the end. And so when you're standing at the sink and the door is open, you can see the hall behind you in the mirror. So I was washing my face one night and I looked up and in the mirror, I saw this creature look like she was flying at me um, with razor sharp teeth, gray, crazy flowing hair and razor sharp fingernails and the scream and I turned around I slammed the door and I told her to get out like screamed get out you're not welcome apparently nobody heard me scream and everybody was upstairs nobody heard this at all um and yeah it was th- yeah yeah I remember you telling me that so obviously the Celtic one keeps their fiery red hair with the North Americans become old haggard women it pretty much looked <clears throat> like it pretty much looked like the depiction of like a Hollywood witch like, that's what she looked like. She was not pleasant looking. Yeah. Hmm. And, of course, everybody knows leprechauns. Oh. I was waiting for you to do that. 
So they are small <laughs> old men with beards and dressed in green. <laughs> They're mischief makers, gold loving, and <laughs> shoemakers. If you catch one, they'll grant you three wishes in exchange for their freedom. <laughs> Lim- Limerick City is associated with leprechauns and are thought to hide in the streets and alleyways. They are celebrated through festivals, events like treasure hunts, parades, and storytelling. As a little kid, I saw a leprechaun. I think I was probably about five years old. Were you in Hamilton? Because there's just a lot of midgets here. No, no. And actually, it was um, it was actually on St. Patrick's Day. I saw Day. one the other day. Sorry. Go ahead. Not a leprechaun midget. Sorry. It was, it was actually... If I was a midget, I would dress up as a leprechaun just to fuck with okay. people. Okay, go ahead, Colleen. Sorry. No, no, it was it was actually on St. I believe it was St. Patrick's Day. I mean, I was only like five or whatever. And um, well, it was, falls on the same day every year, March seventeenth. I don't remember. I was five. Okay. Um, and uh, we were playing outside at my daycare, and I hear a noise, and I look up, and in a knot hole in a tree, I see these little legs sticking out, and and I, I it was not a leprechaun like how I would think because it was probably only about I don't know maybe ten inches tall. It, it was really small. And, but these little legs were sticking out of the tree and they were moving back and forth and it was stuck. And my friends and I, like, I was trying to pull it out of the tree because it was stuck and it was yelling. Are you sure somebody just didn't cut the leprechaun out of the Lucky Charms box? I, I still, I have the very vivid memory of this. It was, and it was, it was these There's no leprechauns over here. I know, it was really weird. It 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 shocked me. Probably a Keebler elf. Might have been a Keebler elf. But anyway, I remember seeing it and it shocked me. It was like stuck in the tree and it was... Help like me, yelling, help like, me. like, get pull me out Pull my legs, out. pull my so fingers. we reach the legs. I'll make cookies. And when I asked the uh, the staff, well, can you help it? They were like, there's nothing there. So, anyway. Nothing like that makes you feel insane at all, eh? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right. Good thing you were five and not 25. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. You would have been inside, you would have been Oh, I know, it was, it was really weird. I still remember what it looked like to this day, but. All right, so fairies are tricksters or guardians, and they can be jealous or benevolent and just like us they have funerals and parties they play games and love to dance they can be duplicious in nature towards humans often willing to help or hurt in equal measure many different skills in smithery smithery art magic and poetry and if humans piss off the duha de danan will withhold they will withhold important resources like milk and corn which i'm sorry i don't need corn um yeah you do no i don't more than you think They'll wait for humans to appease them by sacrificing foods, humans, and animals. And part of the reason that why offerings of food and drink are still made to the fairies today is to keep them happy. The um, Ishid are fond of kidnapping animals and humans. Consider They consider it more carrying off the humans out of the human world and into their realm. Um, people at risk who see them the most are in transitional states or phases of their lives, like pregnant women, breastfeeding women, babies, sick people, and those in puberty. They have a good sense of justice. The Tuha de Danan, Angus of the Bruff, can be cruel but fair. He will reverse any bad he does if the human acts respectfully towards him. They are notorious hoarders. Um, offending or angering the fairies could lead to bad luck, illness, and abductions. Farmers and landowners will carefully plow or mow their lawns around fairy rings, fairy trees, or fairy forts to avoid angering them. In 1999, an entire roadway in Ireland was rerouted to avoid a fairy tree. I watched that video. Did you? I did. Yeah. It was a fairy bush where they were supposed to be a battle. Yeah. 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 So some of their tra- trans um, traditions and as well as appearances, like the people have seen them. We'll start with that. Um, 
An English noblewoman of distinction, uh, Lady Fanshawe, claims that she was walking through County Clare and she was drawn towards the lake where she says she witnessed a figure emerge from the depths of the lake. And she was bathed in shimmering light, a fairy queen of immense beauty, and her dress embodied the colors of nature and her hair flowing like liquid sunshine. William Butler Yeats, Yeats, sorry, uh, claims to have spoken to Sheed in his sleep, and Samuel Beckett says he communed to a fairy in the front square of Trinity College. Irish dreaded the fairies' wrath and would not build on their land. They also would never call them fairies in fear of angering them. Instead, they referred to them as good people. The Tuatha de Danann, Sheed, and fairies are such a major part of the Irish culture and heritage that passing stories down of magical figures are fairies and mystical creatures for many, many generations, and they are depicted in tons of art, plays, movies, books. I'm going to kill that thing. Um, television, poetry, which have all brought attention to the folklore. It is said that if a human walks nine times around a fairy ring, they may see the entrance and possibly enter the other world. But you might end up being there forever. Um, if one would prefer to keep the fae folk away, you can hang garlands of marigolds and primroses at their door, keep the wood of ash, rowan, and blackthorn, or wear a bag of clover around your neck. You can also turn your coat inside out when passing a fairy. They don't like iron, salt, or bread. Or, or what? Bread. Yeah. So yeah, so Celtic fairies, um, even to this day, seem to be very <laughs> revered and very respected and stuff um, in the Irish culture. Uh, if they're actually avoiding building and upsetting the lands of things that they believe are connected to the fairy realm, that shows that they are very impactful as a creature. And maybe not necessarily mythological in any way, though we don't know. Because I would love to actually see a fairy ring in Ireland, I think. I think it would be really neat. I've only seen pictures while I was researching this, so... The Irish fairy legends became really popular, especially like in the 1800s and that as Ireland was trying to gain its independence, it was, it was, they really focused on their past and history and it seems to become like a, a a big, a a natural identity is their connection to this. That, that was what I found interesting. Um, I looked into the stories of fairies in other cultures and now, what's interesting is the term fairy is one that seems to be used interchangeably for all sorts of magical creatures. Um, the, you know, it categorizes a whole bunch um, such as elves, dragons, goblins, pixies, dwarves, gnomes, brownies, goblins, leprechauns. Well, we're and, not allowed to say brownies anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. We're not allowed to say a lot of things. What's interesting is the idea of these creatures developed independently all over the world everywhere from like new zealand africa no you know like girl scouts they had brownies back in the day we're not allowed to do that brownies were part of what she's talking about so the brownies from the girl guide thing right was connected to the brownies that you're talking about yeah brownies brownies were actually uh, a a domesticated fairy Mm -hmm. a brownie would be attached to i believe a brownie was attached to a household and would do good things for the household, clean up for the household as long as they were not angered. You could anger them by simply moving a broom to a different spot and they might get angry and they could really hurt you. So would you consider Dobby the house elf a brownie? Because he was kind of attached to a house. Actually, or, he, no, he's more of attached to he, a person. He might be. He might actually be classified as that. I don't know. I didn't go into all the different classifications. I more looked into some of the stories from the different parts of the world. Uh, it was the one and and 
these stories are extremely old. Some of the oldest ones are actually traced from Persia. And one idea that's been suggested by folklorists, I'm sorry, I don't know the proper term. During the Crusades in the 1100s, a lot of people from across Northern Europe uh, went to the Middle East where they were exposed to many of the culture and ideas and they seem to have brought them back. And in Persia, the they have the Peri. And they were a very intelligent, beautiful, winged, mythical race made up of mainly women. They were originally, under the original ancient Persian mythology, they were mischievous. But as Islam began to influence more, they actually became very benevolent. The, it was said that they were trapped in their fairy form due to a sin that they had committed. And to atone for this, they had neither an immortal soul nor immortal power. They had to complete a penance of atonement before they could enter paradise. In the epic poem Book of Kings, it was a parry that actually warned the fabled first man about a threat. They were also targeted by the Persian divs, which are a form of demon. As the divs felt the parries lacked self-esteem and therefore would never join a rebellion, they saw them as something less than. The parries were apparently absolutely gorgeous, like, like just ethereal and beautiful. They were kind of like a cross between what we consider a fairy and, and like a courtesan almost. They were almost revered that way. They, Islam changed it and said that they were created by God after he created the divs. And they became closely associated with the jinn. <laughs> and so these... These stories date for the ancient mythology back to even 3000 BCE and more modern detail uh, became available around 1500 BCE. And this stems from like the area of Iran. What's interesting is that does seem to actually, it then spreads. We start getting Greek stories of fairies. Now this one I found a little bit difficult looking into what people call the Greek fairies. The first writings that we have from, from Greece are from the Minoan civilization, which was around 1400 BCE. But most of what we have is from about 700 BCE. And that's when a lot of the stories start going uh, about what many consider Greek fairies, which are the nymphs. And that to me can be a little bit, they don't quite fit in with the idea of a fairy, but many do consider them Greek fairies. It's, there's so many differences and similarities. The nymphs come from ancient Greek, Greek mythology, and they're a physical manifestation of nature. Many times they're shown as a minor female deity that's associated with natural elements or an extension of nature. They are tied to a specific location or landform. The opposite of them were, I guess the opposite or the, the similar to them were the satyrs, which were the male version of this. Now, the satyrs were, you know, they're the ones that are like man, upper body, horse, lower body, or goat, whatever you want to see. Although as time went on, they became much more human-like and kind of lost some of their beast appearances. But the satyrs were known for drinking music, chasing women, and uh, <laughs> they were often depicted with permanent large erections, I guess, to kind of depict how lustful they were. Typical males. <laughs> But they would spend most of their time in the company of company of the nymphs. 
the nymphs are celestial, territorial, water, underwater, and plant. And they're classified by the habitat in which they live in. They're divine spirits that have a close, close connection to nature. And they can live, they can live centuries without fearing aging or disease, but they can die. And this generally happens when something important about their habitat changes. Like if, if the tree was cut down or a dam was built, this could cause the death of the nymph. The Meliae were ash tree nymphs. Mm-hmm. I can't say certain things out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to cut you off when it came out and I had to write it down or it was going to come out my mouth. Bad girl, Nancy. I, bad girl. I, I'm bad girl. really hard not to you. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been totally worth it. That would have been good. So okay. now I have to say it. This is, I'm sure there's a, there was a porn genre for that. For the satyr? The bestiality. <laughs> I'm sure. I am sure. When I read that about the satyrs, I was like, should I mention that? I'm like, well, I kind of have to. I mean. What, there's no comment from the peanut gallery? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So for the nymphs, the meliae were the ash tree nymphs. The dryads were the oak tree. The naiads were the freshwater. The nereids were the sea nymphs. Ooh. And the Oreads were the mountain nymphs, and please, I apologize if I said all the names wrong. I really do apologize. What I found interesting was so many things claim these as fairies, but there are a lot of differences to what we think of fairies. Like, the nymphs are almost always human size, and fairies are often talked about that they can change their size, or they're often depicted as very tiny. But hang on, not to interrupt you. Um... But it seemed like I felt the same way with doing the Celtic research because I would never have thought that a leprechaun or a banshee or a headless horseman type figure would follow under a fairy either. Yeah. So I get it. Like, it's, yeah. it's confusing. So maybe it's just subjective. The term fairy really does seem to be a huge encompassing thing. Yeah. Or is Google getting confused and giving you fairy tales? No. 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 They're all classified as a yeah, type of fairy. Yeah. But it does talk about Yeah, so when I was doing my research, it said things, you know, fairies and quotes fairy tales, hence where the fairy tales came from. So the fairy tales were often, we think of many of these creatures, they're classified as fairies because they come from what we call the fairy tales. Now, so about the, the nymphs, um, another thing is they had, the nymphs didn't have supernatural powers. Like, they couldn't. Uh, fairies often had a variety of different powers, including like enchantment or flying or things like that. Nymphs had very few. Uh, they were said to be able to heal, perhaps prophesize or offer protection. Some could have a power over the element they were associated with, such as, you know, the water nymph with water. But they really didn't have any special abilities. The The nymphs we know are very firmly placed also in Greek mythology. We have that written down from earliest records, from from Homer, uh, from many others. And but the fairies are more enigmatic across many cultures with their origins very much obscured or lost with time. We have traditions that have been handed down orally and we've kind of lost the base idea on many of them. There's a porn job. You for that you guys too. are so bad. The life <laughs> the lifespan. Nymphs die. They are not immortal. Whereas many of the fairy stuff talk about them being immortal. That you know they they really 
from what I understand, as long as they remain in the fairy realm, they are immortal. Okay. When they exit and they are around humans, then that's when they lose their mortality. Yeah. They become mortal, sorry. Okay. The nymphs also are very benign. They're considered guardians of their natural elements and are not harmful. What does benign mean? Benign, not, not harmful. Not can't. Oh. Benign. Benign rather than <laughs> That's malignant. What I was thinking. Yeah. They're benign. They're not going to harm. They're not going to do anything bad. Turn. But fairies can be pretty mean at times. Yes. They can be very mischievous, very evil. They can do harm to humans. They can use pals. They, they can be bad. The nymphs are also an integral part of the Greek mythology in that they provide an interaction between humans and gods. They can work for the sake of the gods or for the sake of the humans. They're symbols of nature's divinity and beauty. Whereas fairies are often cautionary figures that teach lessons or represent natural forces. The the nymphs also, they occasionally interact with humans. When they do, it's generally very good. From that. Um, they, could, they can be companions or lovers of gods or mortals. Fairies interact in a lot of ways with humans and generally have a lot of rules regarding it. So it, it's, there's, there's also talk of the, the fates. We all know the fates, you know, that spin the thread, cut the thread, that, that they're, they could be considered fairies. Sorry, Matt's giving me these. Okay. Can you just put the cat food dish down before the cat rides the duck again? <laughs> Because I don't know. I, figured, I was trying not to interrupt Colleen, but you were making faces at me, so I figured now I might as well just say it. She rides the duck when she's hungry. <laughs> she does. She it's did, on the kitchen she counter. Is it her, her OnlyFans? Her little. She does, she does a show for food. She rides the duck. Yeah. So, yeah, within Greek mythology, there's the nymphs. Some also can consider the Furies. To be a form of fairy, like the furies were the avenging forces of nature. So it's really, to me, it seemed really art because they weren't, these are mythology stories of gods, goddesses, and the forces around Greece. I'd never thought of them as fairies. Okay, but just, but in the same with the elemental aspect in Celtic, you're seeing elemental aspects here. So it's going back to the earth, air, fire, and water kind of situation, too. Yes. So there's very much uh, elemental um, worshipping going on between all the different fey folk. Yeah. And and they do all have some sort of supernatural. Even if the nymphs can't, like, fly or cast spells. But they're connected to each they element. They are connected to each element. So that is where I could see it on that. Mm-hmm. The I could see nymphs actually being classified under the fey folk uh, classification because of A... We see them as small, even if they're not, but they are connected to the elements in some way, shape, or form. Yes. And being connected to the elements is very paganistic, and I think we can kind of agree that this is a very paganistic kind of topic. Yeah. And less, like, Christianity-based, because a lot of Christians mainstream nowadays probably don't believe in this stuff. And I'm not saying that all pagans do either, but it's more represented in pagan paganism. The... It was fascinating, though, looking at so many different cultures that had these stories of what were classified as fairies, these supernatural beings that from another realm or or that have special powers. They do exist in all cultures across time, which I found very interesting. The, the one now I have, I 
okay, long time back, I have Scottish background. So I was interested this in Scotland, you had your two thoughts were the Seely court, which were fairies who seek to help humans. They're beautiful and vibrant. Uh, they ask for favors and will return favors. They're associated with spring and summer. And then you have the unseely court, which are fairies who seek to harm humans. They're hideous and scary, and they will you harm humans as a form of fun. I'm convinced that Canadian fairies use the Canadian goose as a harmful weapon against humans. How do you know that a Canadian goose isn't a fairy? I don't. I actually thought they were velociraptors, but hey, who am I to say? The stories of the changelings were interesting. I know you talked about that. Yeah, the changelings, actually, that creeps me out a little bit because I think changelings are scary in its own right. Like, if you can switch out a baby that looks relatively close to your own, like, or have a baby switched, I think a parent would probably recognize that. Well, the changelings were often visually different. Many times they would have a beard, they'd have long, sharp teeth. Or they'd they look they were different. Disfor- they were disfigured in some yeah. way, or their behavioral traits were extremely um, strange, and they would act strange, and they would get sick easier, and they or they were deemed, or maybe they were handicapped in some ways. I think it was a way for well, parents to cope with the fact that their child wasn't one hundred percent perfect back in those days. You know, it was also a way that they could get away with things like child abuse or child yes. murder. When you had a family that was living hand to mouth and every member of the family had to be able to produce and to take care of itself. And if you had a child who was unable to do that, you could claim the child was a changeling. And according to the the rules or the rituals around that idea, you could actually beat the child and harm it. And you could take it under the forest and leave it for the fairies to take back. Yes. And you were allowed to do that and the law wasn't going to come it after you. It didn't fall under the purview of emphasize. It was a way that they could take care of what they saw as a problem. Yeah. That was interesting. And how that started changing more as you notice Maybe as... They just not have sex. Yeah. Wouldn't that be... Well, they but weren't they Catholic? That's all they did. For fuck's sakes, if you got to take your kid into... For fuck's sakes, if you gotta take your kid into the woods and claim changeling, like, just don't have sex anymore. Do you know how many times I say that on a daily basis while I'm reading true crime cases all over the internet? Oh my god, this woman accidentally put her mm-hmm. kid in the microwave and turned it on. Or, oh my god, this mother put her kid in the oven and accidentally turned it on. How do you forget that your kid's in the oven? Wait, wait, wait. Why is your kid in the oven? Like, how? Yeah. why would uh-huh. What? Huh? Like, it's seriously, I've just watched two cases. I accidentally was carrying a knife, slipped and fell, and I accidentally stabbed you. I'm so sorry. Must be a changeling. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Like, yeah. (laughs) No, I. It's like when someone someone cheats and they're like, whoops, yeah, slipped and fell on his dick. My bad. Yeah. As Shaggy would say, it wasn't me. (laughs) All right. But it, it. It was interesting as times and thoughts changed. Like, it used to be very, during the late 1700s, before the Industrial Revolution, scientists, prominent scientists, all believe in fairies. Like, within, I'm talking within the Great Britain, United Kingdom area. They all believed. And it was, they'd use scientific theory to prove. They, even as Darwinism came out, they used Darwinism to talk about how fairies were this other offshoot of humans. But as the Industrial Revolution happened, and then later Victorian times and scientific theory, they started sliding away from that. And their ideas, it moved much more into the background of folklore 
then being a prominent this actually is true which i thought was very kind of cool and interesting but it is something these creatures do exist like like in all these different cultures throughout time everyone has talked about very similar beings Mm -hmm. that to me like how does how do the maori in new zealand how do they have stories of fairies and so does ireland and the other thought was that as as colonial expansion happened and the British people kept meeting other cultures and they'd learned the different fairies, did they bring some of those stories back and incorporate them into theirs? Like, leprechauns didn't used to wear green. Leprechauns used to wear red. Apparently, it was only in, like, the 1800s they switched to green for some reason. They don't, well, everybody needs to change their clothes. Exactly. And maybe 200 years of being blue. Right. Um, I do. I do appreciate the Irish and... The fact that they're keeping this folklore and this Celtic, um, like, Celtic, what am I looking for? Mythology? Tradition. Traditions alive. And I think that's really neat. And I think you don't see that so much in the cultures nowadays. And, yeah, some people may believe in the fae folk and some may not. But I think seeing the traditions and the stories still being told to this day, is in, especially in Ireland, you're seeing that tradition being embraced. And I think that's really neat to see because you don't, we don't know anything. Maybe Canadians actually do have fairies. Maybe they are Canadian goose. We don't know that. So we don't have that kind of folklore here in Canada. Well, the other thing is, though, with Ireland, you have to remember, they've also turned their their fairy stories have turned into a business. It is tourism. Absolutely. That, so that. they can use it to bring in money into the country. I, I agree. I think it's great they're keeping the traditions alive. But I think there also is some ulterior maybe back in there. Maybe in a political situation. Yes. But I think. Like a family, like say Matt and I, we were in Ireland, we're living in like, I don't know, Great County. Beliefs. We would probably be telling our kids this. It wasn't be for monetary gain. It would right. be for like the tradition of telling the story, you know? And keeping the tradition alive is yeah. helpful to the country Ireland in terms of the money it can bring in with different things. But when you're telling it within your own walls of your house, you have yeah. no, you're not gaining anything. You're, a country itself is not gaining anything. You're just telling the stories of yesteryear. Yeah. Yes, I said yesteryear. Now I checked my pocketbook. Now, there was was a a little book when – There was a book when I was younger called Outside Over There. It was my favorite story as a little kid. I believe it was by Maurice Sendak, the same guy who wrote Where the Wild Things Are. And it was a story of a changeling. A girl finds that her little brother has been replaced by a changeling and she's got to go take the changeling back to the fairies and get her brother back. And I love this story as a little kid for some reason. You're messed up in the head, though. <laughs> yeah, we all knew that one, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> so, but there are the Greek and the Persian, kind of the really old stories that go back to 3000 BCE. Yoink. Matt's yoinking. So, we're at 38 minutes. Do we still got Nancy to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's get on with her. Don't rush. Just take your time. Don't let him rush you. Oh, no. We'll feed him to the faithful. Just saying, a couple Dula, huh? couple less detours might help. So, oh, is this the one that doesn't bend? That's yeah. doesn't bend. So, like you were saying, if it's all across everywhere, how are they not real? Yeah. There's no way. Um, I did find a couple um, written documentation. Okay, hold on a second. Now, if we're going to do that, that if there's so many different religions and versions that they have to be, then you also have to believe in the Great Flood. 
you don't necessarily have to believe in Noah because there's different names for the same guy. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, that's in every religion. Uh, even in some of the um, Aboriginal... Isn't there proof of the Great Flood? I was going to say, who says we don't believe in yeah. the Great Flood? But it's like, not necessarily, like, Noah's Ark and all that, but there is evidence. We would have had to survive somehow. Was there not... What were we talking about? Atlantis. Atlantis we were talking yeah. about Atlantis. And it was the sea... Rose? No, dropped. Or it rose. Rose. It rose and ate it. There would have been yeah. areas that were above the sea level. We're above the sea level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah, there, there would have been areas that were above the sea level. And there were pockets that survived. So... Um, so I'm going to talk about the documentation that I found, and then I'm going to tell you what I actually know. Um, the one thing about the Fae is that you never want to be disrespectful. Um, they also can't lie, which I find very interesting. Um, but they, like everybody has said, can be mean and they can be lovely. It all depends on how they view you, if they view you as a threat or they view you as a friend. Always be viewed as a friend. Um, you never want to fuck with the fairies. Sorry, that's just never, ever fuck with the fae. Ever. If you see something, just you didn't see it, you turn around and walk away. Um, so, like everyone talks about the different types of fairy. So, the fairy encounters and findings. Um, these go back to like the 13th century, starting there. Um... The first one I found was Thomas Raymore of, how do I pronounce that? E-R-C-E-L-D. That's why I write in phonetics. Ursel Dern. Ursel Dune. I think it's Dune. Okay. Yep. Known as True Thomas. Apparently met fairies in the 13th century. According to the story, I really got to get on the thing with the books like you do. Um, the queen of Elfland fell in love with Thomas, and he experienced both the good and bad sides of the monarch. He lived there for seven years, was only released when the queen was worried that the devil would take Thomas as a part of his seven-year tribute. I looked for more information about that, and I couldn't find it. I was really interested in to know that. So it's like a seven-year tribute kind of thing, like you sell your soul to the devil. Like every seven years they have to give a tribute, tribute. Okay. like a sacrifice. To the fey folk? To the devil. Oh, to the devil. Got it. Well, and that, that makes sense as with, with Christianity, many of the ideas became that fairies were fallen angels, but they weren't quite, yeah. they weren't quite in line with the devil. So maybe that was a way of paying off the devil. Yeah. Um, when Thomas returned home, he apparently had the sight and could not lie. Robert Kurt, in the 17th century Scottish minister, wrote the secret commonwealth of elves, fawns, and fairies. Um, after he had been found dead beside the fairy No at Aberfoyle in 1692, locals were convinced that his real body had been abducted by fairies and the corpse left behind was a prisoner in Fairyland. To this day, folklore states that Robert is still being held captive because he wrote the book about the fairies. They did not appreciate it and therefore he was killed and held captive. And just for interest, fawns are the Roman term for the nymphs. Oh. Yes, because I was looking up, because of course the Romans took all the Greek stuff and they renamed it. They renamed the nymphs fawns. Oh. 
Interesting. That just got me when you said that. Um, Reverend Dr. Edmund Williams spoke of his encounter with the fairies when he was seven in 1757. He was uh, one out of four children to spot eight couples dancing under or about a hundred yards away. The couples were smaller than the children, but looked like dwarves. Um, and the story went on to say that they were all dressed in red and that they were dancing, holding hands in a circle. The Cottingley Fairies uh, is the most famous fairy encounter. It was uh, 1917 and 1920. A pair of schoolgirls, Elise Wright and Frances Griffiths from Yorkshire, took five pictures in the woods near a stream by the village of Cottingley, which is close to Bradford. The pics were published along with an article by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in Strand Magazine in 1920. Their story was believed by many until years later the girls admitted by faking admitted to faking four out of five pics were four out of the five pictures were fake they claimed they did see fairies and tried to reproduce what they saw but said only one of their pictures was genuine and when i went to tiktok and youtube all i could i found a whole bunch of videos about um people wandering through the woods finding fairy doors with little knockers on it not boobs but like door knockers <laughs> and i i i i didn't believe it because that to me is like a human thing and that's what we would have on our doors how would we know what they would have on theirs so that to me is just an assumption there was a couple of videos i saw where there's like things flying and it looked like a fairy, but you never know nowadays with all fo- like the photoshopping and everything. You never know what's real or not. Yeah. Um, it say it did. I agree completely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Evidence of fairies isn't limited to sightings. There have been findings buried in the ground, skeletal remains of extremely small people found all over the world. Two gold prospects in Wyoming discovered the remains of a mummified tiny man, approximately in his 60s and approximately 20 inches tall. Uh, small skulls have been found in the mountain in the Montana's Beartooth Mountain, and mummy a mummy measuring 11.63 inches tall found in Central America in the 1920s. So there is evidence kind of all over the place. Um, so I read fairy cards. I have always been interested in that kind of stuff. And the one thing that I do, because when you engage with the Fae, you need you, you do need to leave offerings, not gifts, but offerings. Because if you leave gifts, then it's as if they owe you something. So I leave random things around my house. I have bowls of change. Um, there's candies around my house usually. Um, and that's something that they like. So it's not me leaving it for them. It's me leaving it out. And if they feel the need that they are more than welcome to it. Um, I have had two encounters with the Fae. Um, I did uh, request permission today before the podcast because they don't really like being um, talked about or on camera. As a lot of the videos that you search, you'll find they're running away um, or they're, they're, they're curious, but they just they don't like they don't want us to know. Because that will, you know, they, if we find them then that will infringe on their home and their life um the first encounter actually it was twice 
with the same person. I'm not really sure what she was. She looked, she looked human. Um, she was about my height, blonde. She was wearing a really fancy dress, but it was all like made of flowers. And she had a very fancy headdress that was all made of flowers. Um, she explained that she was uh, a queen. She was not happy with me. I accidentally killed a hive of, of a beehive. I was attempting to move it into the back field and um, it didn't work out that way. And so my, um, my, what I had to do for them, I, because of what I had done, I uh, was told that I needed to work on gardening and making sure that I was paying more attention to the flowers and the plants and that they would appreciate if I did that. Um, I was also sitting in my room one night and I had my blinds open and this like fairy, like Tinkerbell, legitimately like flew by and I sat there for a minute and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the fuck did I just, what? <laughs> wait, what? Okay. I'm going to close blinds. Um, and I think I've had encounters because I read the fairy cards and I feel connected to the earth. I am an earth sign. I realize I sound like a fucking crazy person. Um, but it kind of does go hand in hand with a lot of my other paranormal experiences. Um, you do always respect the Fae. They can make you or break you, quite honestly. Um, like I said, if you see a fairy ring or if there's something that looks suspicious and odd, or that it might be fae-like, you're going to appreciate it and you're going to walk away and you are not going to touch it. Like that TikTok video of the girl that got something from the mountains and this Jamaican woman's yelling at her, put it back, put it back. Don't touch nothing. But if I lick it, it's mine. <laughs> you know, it's not crazy because I did see a demon at work, remember? Yes. So. Yes. I've seen one of yeah. Look, Nancy closed your books. That means that's all the words. That's all the words. That's all the words Nancy has. That's the words, bird. That's all the words everybody's got. See her phone's off? Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, I thought it was interesting when you think about how fairies are depicted in pop culture now. How we, how we view them. What I have noticed is that they're getting closer to being depicted as the legends say because i mean the stories of fairies that i remember seeing on tv and that when i was younger they were all it was like cute little tinkerbell everything was sweet everything was happy all that but i noticed as time goes on that there are more depictions that show the fairies as a race to be respected and not trifled with that they can do things to harm you they're not all wonderful sweet like perfectly flittery, happy beings. But I was gonna—I was just about to say that. So Tinkerbell, <laughs> she was very, very mischievous, yes. very jealous, benevolent towards other females, especially yeah. Wendy or the water nymphs that were in that. They're very naked water nymphs. But what do you mean, breasts. benevolent or angry? Because benevolent is kind. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, angry. Sorry. Okay. Bad. I'm getting. I'm tired. Um. So she was. She was not the nicest. She was always jealous. She was angered easily. Um, she wanted to be the number one and she didn't feel respected and she would act out or she'd get them in more trouble or she would end up in trouble because of that. Okay. See, I didn't watch, I only saw little bits of Tinkerbell growing up. I remember different cartoons about fairies when I was younger and they were always like 
you know, just like, I don't know, normal sweet things or something. But I noticed that as time went on, I started seeing more that it seemed to be more re- realistic to the lore. Yeah. So then a pixie would be a type of fairy then? Yes. It's, it's under the classification, yes. But then just pixies are known to bite. Yeah. They're, They're like smaller. Chihuahuas. Though. Yeah. They're the chihuahuas of the fairy, chihuahuas. the fae breed. <laughs> not to disrespect the fays. Because um, we're not. We're not trying to do that no. at all. Um, we are simply trying to educate. Yeah. Educate. Especially, like, if you are, say, tr- planning a trip to Ireland and you happen to come along one of these fairy rings, just take a picture and walk away. Don't even take a picture. Have you heard of the people? You can buy a postcard. No. This is going back a couple of years. I haven't seen one in a bit. But people will actually make uh, a fairy village so that the fairies are known that they're allowed to be around mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Some of these villages, I tell you, they don't mess around. These are gorgeous looking huts. They're small. They're, they're you know, about the size for like a Superman action figure or something. They're luxurious. But they are all hand carved. There's not a single like quote-unquote man-made object in it like there, there's no steel there's no electronics or anything uh sometimes they might light them up and that will use electronics but a lot of the times the electricity would come from solar power anyway the one thing i remember hearing and i can't i can't remember where but i i've seen it represented and heard it many times before was that way back at i guess the dawn of history or whatever there was a pact made between the fairies and the humans that the fairies would get one part of the land and the humans would get another. And that it's a, a pact that's just been carried down through time. And I've, I've read that in different stories. I guess what you would call fairy tales. I didn't see, I didn't look into that while doing research, but I thought kind of interesting. The idea that they got the, the Tuatanaan got their land and that's theirs, and we stay away from it, you know. We are not allowed to enter. Yeah. That's why we can't see it. Yeah, that's that's what made sense. Protected. Yeah, it's like that's their world and their their land. They keep it safe. Well, yeah. Can Can you imagine if people got a hold of it or entered a fairy realm? Oh, yeah, humans, humans would ruin, ruin everything. They oh would my ruin god! It. It's it's a world that's meant for pleasure. They would joy. pick them apart. They would yeah. study them. Yeah, they kill them like. Because you know, if you don't understand it, then you're gonna have to kill it and pick it apart. And you're gonna and you're gonna try and take whatever it has. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, yeah. Um, when you talked about the fae and the elements and things, so the fairy cards are season based, and they are element based. Okay, so elements like in terms of earth, wind, fire. Okay, and then season, spring, summer, winter. Okay. Well, what Correct. was I guess I should say yes. I mean, nodding is not going to help anybody. Yeah, it was. It was interesting <laughs> you when can't I fucking see me when I saw descriptions of depictions of the fairies written down. There were many would refer to them as winter fairies, spring fairies, <laughs> autumn fairies, and yeah. So, like with with each depiction, it was like was for the winter fairies, they were they were darker. The spring fairies were brighter. The summer fairies were all light. You know, fall were were that it was just interesting the way they would describe them based on the seasons <laughs> cool cool i think we covered most of if not all of that oh one my God. they're all yawning so i think they're done now <laughs> Let's take a 
Alrighty, you guys have yourselves a great one at home, and if you see a fairy, don't eat it.